This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. get into the message, I want us to, if you would, just one more time, I'm going to get you to stand up, and then we're going to let you sit down. See, I stand up the whole time. won't hurt you to get up a little bit. But, you know, we're, we, uh, we're praying over these, these uh, pieces of paper up here. These represent family members, co-workers, neighbors, sons, daughters, grandchildren, people, you know, that need God. They either need to come... Absolutely. Need to come back to God or they need, they just need God to work, come into their lives. You know, the Bible says, God said over there in Ezekiel, he said, I looked for someone who would stand in the gap, would stand in the gap. And you know, one of the ways that we do that is by prayer, isn't it? As we pray, we stand in the gap, believing God that he's going to hear us. and He's going to move upon our families and our friends and our neighbors. So, just, uh, if you would, as an act of faith, if you can, just stretch your hand up here just for a moment. Father, we unite ourselves together, Lord. And you said that if two of us should agree concerning anything, that it would be done. God, right now, you see these are living, breathing people that Jesus died for. Lord, you know their hurts, their wounds. You know their fears, their, their, the, the, the way that sin may have bound them. But God, nothing is too big for you. God, you're the God of the impossible. You're the God, the Lord, that with all things are possible. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, we break the power of darkness over them. We break the power of sin over their lives and minds. Open their hearts and minds just as you opened the heart of Lydia and Cornelius to hear the gospel. God, open their hearts and minds to receive. Those that have heard the gospel, Father, I thank you. Your seed will not return void. It will rise up and begin to speak to them in the night seasons. You will send labors across their path. We claim their salvation and their deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you for agreeing together with me. Hallelujah. God is a God of salvation, isn't he? Today, you know, all this month we've been, our theme has been, who is God? You said, well, that sounds like a strange theme for for church, but you know, where else are you going to find out the truth? It's all kind of ideas. I mean, if you, you talk to people at, at work or you talk to people, at, you know, maybe at a sporting event or something or just, you know, on the street or something, you say, who is God? You get all kind of answers. Man, there's all kind of people. They think, well, you know, there's all kind of ways to God. There's all kind, you know, Buddha's a God and, you know, Allah's a God and this is a God and that's a God. You know, so we've been looking at it. And, uh, of course, I don't have time to, to go back, but you can go on our website, site, My Passion. Dot church and you can go on there and you can listen to and catch up on all the podcasts so you can catch up on what we're doing. But we did talk about, first of all, that God is a God who reveals himself. We don't have to guess about God. He's given us his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. And, of course, the, the, the perfect expression is he gave us his son, Jesus. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when we look at, in the pages of this book called the Bible, and we see who Jesus, what he did, what he taught, his character, his love, all of the different things, his, his purity, his righteousness, all those things. We can see who God is, so we don't have to guess about it. 
We said that God is a God of hope. He's a God of hope. You know, maybe you're feeling hopeless today. Maybe your situation is there, but I got good news for you. Listen, if you will just embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, embrace Him by faith, embrace the truth of God's Word, you know what? Hope will rise within you. And hope, I'm telling you, when you get, we talked about there's human hope, and then there's God hope. And I'm telling you, the Bible says, when human hope is gone, God hope will rise up and lay hold. It will hold you like an anchor. It will give you hope about the future, hope about your circumstances. Then we talked about how that God is a God of peace. Boy, if there's anything people need nowadays, any people think people are looking for is peace, isn't it? Some people look for peace out of a bottle. Some people look for peace out of status. Some people look for peace in all kinds of ways. But there's only one way to have peace, and that is to be reconciled with God. The Bible says in Romans 5, it says, Therefore, being justified or just made right with God by faith, we have peace with God. You know, you can't have peace with yourself until you first have peace with God. So anyway, you can go, we go into much more detail on the podcast. Today, as we conclude it, we're going to talk about how that God is a Savior. Now, if you're as Christians, don't tune me out just because you say, oh, I've known that for 40 years. Well, maybe we're going to expand on it a little bit. Because I'm going to tell you something. I understand God is a Savior when it talks about forgiveness of sins and being born again. Absolutely. But I've need, needed God as Savior for many other things through the 40-some-odd years that I've walked and fought the good fight of faith. I needed God to save me from a lot of things. Amen? So as we look at this thing called Savior, turn over to Ephesians 1. You could be turning there. <clears throat> this word that we're looking at, Savior, it comes from a Hebrew word that means to rescue. You ever need rescue since you got saved? (laughs) Safety. You ever needed to feel like you were in a safe place to be delivered from something? You ever need to be delivered from something? Might have been circumstances, might have been a habit, might have been a sin. Paul wrote over there to to the Hebrew Christians, he said... He talked about, he said, you know, that there, there, he said, there are sins and weights that we need to throw off at times. I know even since I've gotten saved, gotten filled with the Spirit, there have been things that tried to get a hold of me I had to lay off of. You say, not you, Pastor, yeah, me. Now, see, I know you're all holy, so y'all ain't had to deal with that. I need to let some of y'all preach some Sunday so y'all can confess. <laughs> Amen. And it also means health and healing. So this word is, it's big, it's bigger even than just initially, although that, that's the foundation, that's paramount, is to be saved means to, what? To be saved from my sin, from the penalty, from the judgment, and the power of it in my life. That, that's a starting place, absolutely. That's the foundation. But it's much bigger than that. It's much larger than that. It encompasses so much more as we walk and fight the good fight of faith. Amen? You say, you know, I've had people talk to me, Pastor, man, it seems like, you know, since, since I, I came to the Lord and everything, it seemed like, man, all kind of stuff going on. I said, yeah, you're fighting a good fight of faith. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, do you think about fighting? I mean, if I use the word vacation and fight in the same sentence, does that make any sense? No, I mean, when you, I don't know, you know, I've, I've shared a little bit about my history before I got saved, man, I'm telling you, you know, I told you, I was angry all the time, man, my fuse was about that long, 
And man, if, if somebody else didn't light it, I'd light it. But I mean, I'd been kicked and cussed and everything growing up. And I'm telling you, man, I was, whoo, when I got old enough, I mean, I wasn't that big, but it didn't matter. I'd pick up an equalizer. I'd knock you in the head. I didn't just, I didn't take anything off of anybody. I didn't because I was angry. Now, I know y'all, you all did God a favor when you came. You know? But, uh, so we need to understand that. So I understand that. But it's a fight of faith. And I'm telling you, in those days, any kind, anytime I was in a fight, I never got in a fight where I didn't get at least one blow landed on me. You know? So, you know, people, you know, Christians, sometimes they act surprised because they're in this fight of faith. And it's, 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 it's difficult at times. It takes effort. It takes perseverance. It takes continuing to believe when, you know, the devil's telling you, it ain't going to happen. This is it. It's all over, buddy. I'm telling you what. Nobody's ever been there but me and Mike, Brother Mike. (laughs) See, this is why we need to know that God is a Savior. He is. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. I'll preach to you and me today, Brother Mike, and nobody else, okay? (laughs) In Him, talking about Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. Boy, I like that word lavish, don't you? Woo, that means more than enough. That means rich, means overflowing. In another place, Paul writing to the Romans, he said, where sin did abound, grace does and the Amplifies, it says, super abound. Wow. Man, when I was growing up, you know, one of the big comics was Superman. Of course, now they got all kind of moves. I can't even keep up with how many moves they got. But when I was growing up, it was Superman. In other words, super means above, doesn't it? To supersede. And see, that, that's what God's grace is through Christ Jesus, through the power of His blood. It it's supersedes the power of sin. It supersedes the power of the devil. It supersedes the weakness of my flesh. Thank God. I'm so glad I've been redeemed. And I'm telling you what, if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus, you've been redeemed too. Now, the devil will tell you that you haven't. Your flesh will tell you that you haven't. Your mind sometimes will tell you that you haven't. Your circumstance, a lot of times the circumstances will tell you that you're not. But I'm telling you, God says we've been redeemed, not by our own effort, not by our own will, but by the blood of Jesus, by the lavish riches of His grace. Woo, somebody's going to have to hold my mule. I'm about to shout. Amen. Forgiveness. That means freedom, pardon, deliverance, liberty, and remission. That's what forgiveness means. It doesn't mean God swept it under the rug and you can look over there and see that big lump under the rug and say, yeah, there's your sins. No. Uh Uh-uh. No. The Bible said God has removed them. He's eradicated them. He said, he even says this. Now, get this. An omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful God. He says, I'm going to forget them. I have no idea how he does that. Now, here's the problem. See, God forgets them, but sometimes we don't. And the devil really is good about reminding you. Maybe I'm just, maybe this is just me again. (laughs) About reminding me and probably reminding you of everything that you come up short, that you didn't do right, that you could have done better if I, you know, could have, should have, would have. 
But that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says there's no condemnation. Because how could God bring it up when he's forgotten it? Uh, Cindy and I, we've reached that age in life where we need help with remembering things. I'm not sure what they call that. I've heard it called a senior moment. But whatever. So, so it's funny because I'll do it to her and she does it to me. Now, you've got to help me remember such and such. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. God will never help you remember what he's already forgiven. He'll never do that. That's never God. He's, for, he's forgiven and He's forgotten it. So we have freedom from it. We have pardon from it. We have liberty from our sins. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? So He says, we have redemption through His blood. Not through your efforts. Not because you read 70 chapters today and prayed for 16 hours. Now, I believe in reading the Word. Don't misunderstand me in praying. But I'm telling you what, that doesn't get, that doesn't get your sins forgiven. That doesn't redeem you. It'll help you, but it doesn't redeem you. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say, the blood of Jesus has redeemed me. And all my sins are forgiven and forgotten. It's all right to shout in church. At least in this church it is. Restoration into a right relationship with God. You know, God's not mad at you anymore if you've put your faith in Jesus as Savior. Amen? Just, you know, just put your faith in Jesus and then watch what God does in you. Paul said in Philippians, he said, he said writing to the, the believers in Philippi, he said, God has begun a good work in you. Let's make that personal. Say this, God has begun a good work in me. Oh, hallelujah. He's begun a good work in you. A good work. A God work. A grace work. A mighty work. And that, but he didn't stop there. He said, he who's begun a good work in you will also finish it. Woo! It's not up to you to finish it. God says, not only did you not start that good work of salvation, He said, it's not up to you to finish it. He said, I started it, and I'm going to finish it. He says in Hebrews over there, Paul writing in Hebrews 12, verse 1, he said that Jesus is the author, the pioneer, one translation, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Woo! So, take a deep breath and relax a little. God's got it. I said, God's got it. Woo, say that. God's got it. He sure does. I'm telling you. Romans 8. Ready for some more good news? Listen. Romans 8, 15. Listen to this. The Spirit you received when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says that you receive the Spirit of God. That you are now the temple of God. You say, well, I don't feel like no temple. Well, he didn't say, you know, that you feel a certain way. 
He just said, you are a certain way. If you put your faith in Jesus, you are saved. You are redeemed. You are, your sins are forgiven. And you have received the Spirit of God. He said, the Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Well, I've met so many Christians. Bless their heart. Wonderful people. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not being critical. Man, if I point the finger at you, I've got three more pointing back at me, so I'm not pointing the finger. But I've seen Christians, they're, they're fearful. And listen, fearful can be expressed through anxiety, through worry, through striving. Because what? They, they're still afraid that somehow God left something out. When it comes to them, God didn't quite do as good a work as he did in Brother Mike. That somehow, you know, my salvation is inferior. I, have you ever run into people like that? Good people don't misunderstand me. They love God, but they, they go around under a cloud like, you know, I, I'm not measuring up. I don't quite, I don't quite meet the standard. Or so, as if God somehow gave you an inferior salvation. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. That means that he did not give the pastor something that you don't have. The same blood that forgave my sins is the same blood that forgives your sins. The same Savior that redeemed me from the power of sin and the devil has redeemed you from the power of sin and the devil. God's no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter you're old, middle-aged, or young. It doesn't matter. God is no respecter of persons. You do not have to live in fear, worry, anxiety, condemnation, guilt, as if you don't measure up. Because when God looks at you, you're in Christ Jesus, and He measures all the way up. Rather, the Spirit you received has brought about your adoption to sonship. Now, that word means sons and daughters. Hallelujah. You've been adopted. Glory to God. You know, adoption in, in some ways is very, of course, we know it's distinct from a natural birth. But, you know, really, if you think about it, adoption means that you were chosen on purpose. So God chose you on purpose. He chose you because He wanted you. He chose you because He loves you. He chose you because He wanted you to be a part of His big plan and His family. Not only now, but through all eternity. I'm telling I'm preaching myself happy up here. Your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, our Daddy, Papa, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Woo! Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. All that God has is yours. All that belongs to Jesus Christ is yours. Woo! Boy, wouldn't it be something if you got a certified letter in the mail? From Blinken, Nodden, and Duncan, attorneys at law, <laughs> that you've been included in a billionaire's will. Oh, 
and that you're going to, upon, upon his death, you're going to inherit $100 million. Million dollars. $100 million. Oh, that's got to be phony. You tear it up and throw it in the, in the trash. But listen, we la laugh about that, but listen, a lot of Christians are doing that. Well, I know that's for Brother Mike and Pastor Norris, but I, now that's not for me. I saw that promise. I know Pastor Norris tells us every Sunday that God will meet our need, but that's not for me. I know the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed, but I, you know. Why do you keep tearing up your inheritance? Why do you keep rejecting it? Why do you keep putting it away? Whoo, man, I tell you what, if I got a certified letter like that, I'd be, talk, be calling blinking, knocking, nodding, and dunking, or whoever it was. I'd be, man, I'd be wearing out their phone line. I want some confirmation here. Whoo, I'm making plans. I'm an heir. See, a lot of Christians, you, don't, you ain't got any plans. You talk to a lot of, you know what their plans are? Getting by. Now, I'm, I, I'm not a Bible scholar. Now, some of y'all are. Have you ever seen a, uh, a promise in your, Brother Mike, Pastor Mike, now you know the word. Have you ever seen a getting by promise? Maybe I overlooked it. I haven't found one yet either. If y'all found one, some of y'all that know it better than us, we, we'll be glad, I'll be glad to get up here and say I told you wrong. But so far, I haven't found a getting by promise. I found a more than enough promise, a more than a conqueror promise. I found where I'm the head, not the tail promise. <laughs> Come on now, this is some good, this is good preaching. It's good because it's true. That's why it's good. He said, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Wow. We're talking about God as a Savior. Who is God? This is who God is. Now, He's much more than this, but I'm going to tell you what, this is pretty good. This will get you by a lot of stuff, wouldn't it? And then we're the dwelling place. We just saw that. We're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Let's amplify on that. Look in 1 Corinthians over there, chapter 3, what Paul said real quickly. Oh, it's early yet. It's only 1127 for those who are wondering. They put me a big old clock up there. I'm so glad. Thank you, guys. I don't even need my glasses for that. It's age appropriate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Very thoughtful of you. First Corinthians 3. Notice what Paul said in verse 16. He said, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Don't you know, Passion Church, that you yourselves are God's temple? This, this structure here, this is not God's temple. They could put a nightclub in here next week. Wouldn't make a bit of difference. This is not God. Come on, this is not. They can make a bowling alley out. This is not God's temple. Don't you know that you, yourself, the people, the blood-bought people of Christ, you're God's temple. You know, you know God's address. It's your address. Now, of course, we know God literally is at, in heaven, but also He's dwelling in you. So, in a sense, your address is God's address, isn't it? 
I'm telling you, I'm glad God's living at 9949 Turtle River Road. When the, when the crisis of life comes, I'm glad, that's his, I'm glad that's his address as well as your address. See, that's the good thing about God. He's everywhere present at once. So he's at your address, yes, but he's at my address. And I'm telling you, in, in the night seasons, when life hits me, when life comes at me, I sure am glad that he's not way off. You know, full gospel circles years ago, you don't hear it so much now. You know, you used to say, we're going to come together and pray and bombard the gates of heaven. Well, why? The Bible says we are to come boldly to the throne of grace. It doesn't say anything about you got to knock down the doors. Besides that, God's in you. I said, God's in you. See, it's a, it's a wrong mentality. He said, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Woo! See, that's why we, we, we need to respect our bodies, even though they're not saved yet, but we have the, we have the earnest, the Spirit, Holy Spirit's the earnest. Healing is the earnest of the resurrection of the body. Just like the Holy Spirit is the earnest of the fullness of salvation that we're going to receive when Christ appears. Woo! Boy, if this is just the down payment, can you imagine what the full payment's going to be? Hallelujah. But I want you to know this. Listen, we're talking about who is God. God's a Savior. Listen, when the crisis of life comes to you, and listen, here's the thing I found out. You're either in a crisis you just came out of a crisis, or you're about to go into one. You say, oh, pastor, that's negative. No, that's reality. But that's why I'm glad that we have all that we have. This is why I want you to know who God is. He's for you. He's forgiven you. You're a child of God. You're an heir and a co-heir with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God Himself, with all His divine ability, is living in you. The, the dwelling, that word dwelling there means to cohabit or to occupy a house. You're God's house. Say that, I'm God's house. Be good for you to meditate on that song. God's living in me. Oh, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He's bigger than any problem I face. He's bigger than any devil, any sickness, any disease, any, any financial need. Any family crisis, marital crisis, any crisis you can think of that's got a name, he's bigger. I said he's bigger. And he's living in me. He's living in you. He's at your address. When you go home today, he's going home with you. We are a covenant heir through Jesus Christ. Real quickly. This is by no means all of them. This is just about four things here. Number one, I mentioned it just a minute ago in Hebrews 4.16. What does it mean that we're covenant heirs through Christ? We have access to God in prayer. Hebrews 4.16, it says, Therefore, let us come boldly, boldly, boldly. It didn't say crawl up to the throne of grace. It said come boldly. In other words, that means confidently. Come because God has invited you to come. Come because the blood of Jesus has made a way for you to come. Come because the Holy Spirit is in you and He's inviting you to come to the throne of grace when you pray. Wow, that means that He said, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and help in your time of need. Oh, wow. 
When you come to the throne of grace, you ought to expect you're going to receive two things. You're going to receive mercy. See, you know, when do you need mercy? When you hadn't done it just right. Isn't that right? See, the devil will say, well, now, see, you, you, you lost your temple or you, temper or you said this or you did that. Now, God not, you, God's not going to have anything to do with you. He said, come, come. That's when you got to come and receive mercy. Isn't that right? And not only that, but he said, help. Listen, God wants to help us, not just placate us. Amen? If you needed money to pay your rent, and I said to you, God bless your heart. How's that helped you? And it helped you pay the rent, has it? If you come to God and you're needing help in a, in a particular crisis or situation, and all He does is give you some goosebumps, how has that helped? And nothing wrong. You know, you get in the presence of God, sometimes it does affect your feelings. But God wants to give you help. He wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. He wants to meet your need. This is what we're talking about. A covenant heir. It means access to God in prayer. Hebrews 4, 16. Healing for my body. 1 Peter 2, 24. Maybe we better read it. Sometimes we quote it, but maybe, maybe it impacts you more if we read it. Turn over to, if, if you've got your Bibles, First Peter, or your, your app, Bible app there. It may have it on the Bible app. 1 Peter 2, 24. Listen to this. <clears throat> He himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross. Now, if Jesus bore our sins, that means I don't have to bear them. Isn't that right? Otherwise, why did Jesus die? If he bore my sins, he suffered, you know, the penalty of my sins, the judgment of my sins. That, he did that so that what? I wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to. You agree with that? All right. Glad you do. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Healed. I've been healed. Healed in my spirit. In a right relationship with God. I'm being healed in my mind as I renew my mind to the word of God. I'm being transformed. And I am what? Saved in my body because he will heal me now. It's a down payment, the earnest of the resurrection, the promised resurrection of the body. By whose wounds I've been healed, spirit, soul, and body. God is a God of completeness, isn't he? He didn't leave. There was nothing that needed to be done that wasn't done through Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. I mean, he settled it all. Amen? Thirdly, provision for my life. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Philippians in Philippians 4.19, he said, But my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you read the context, he's talking about M-O-N-E-Y. Amen? See, money is way down the list on things of importance. There's no question about that. But we still need it. 
It's not number one, number two, or even number three in my life. It's way down the list. But we still need it. I'm glad when it's time to pay the mortgage or the rent. I'm glad God's provided it. When I need to buy some groceries, they take money. So we're, you know, we're not trying, oh, you know, you're, you're the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it group. No, we're just telling you, we're just reporting what God said. He said he'd meet all my needs. I'm going to believe that. Not because, you know, anything I've done, but because of what Jesus has supplied. We're heirs and co-heirs with God. And then finally, here's the big, I saw, the, I saved the big one, the, the best for last. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4. Listen to what Paul says here. Resurrection of my body and an eternal home with God in heaven. As believers, this is part of our inheritance. I'm always puzzled how God, how people can believe that God can do this big thing, but He can't do some of the other things that we talked about. Yeah, God can raise me from the dead and give me an eternal home, but I don't know if He can heal, you know, this cold. Come on. Of course He can. Of course He can. Notice what He says here. Verse 13, Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe, say that, we believe. believe. Oh, yes, we do, don't we? He said, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Do you? Do you believe that? Jesus died and rose again? And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who, pardon me, who've fallen asleep in Him. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. According to the Lord's Word, according to the Lord's Word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself, oh, I'm glad He's not sent an angel to take care of this. He's going to do it Himself. (laughs) Come down from heaven with a loud command. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. Man, those three things happen. He said, then the dead in Christ will rise first. What a day. What a day. I said, what a day that's going to be. Woo. Oh, my gosh. I bet that won't be the only shout. Going to be some shout going on for all those being resurrected, won't it? And he said, and after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with this. Oh, glory to God. Resurrection. This is part of what all of this is, and this is not all, but all of this is a part of what it means that God is a Savior. He's a Savior. I'm telling you, God don't do it small. He's a big God. You don't believe that? Get outside the city somewhere and look at all the stars. Man, they they tell us, you know, that, that there are billions of stars. Solar systems, planets. I mean, think about it. And all God did to create that was use two words. Man, what if he just spoke a paragraph, Mike? 
He said, I mean, literally, the Hebrew, he said, light be, light was. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's who we're talking about. This morning, if, if, if you've been living as a believer way below God's salvation, God's intention for you, listen, I want to encourage you. Take hold of what I've shared with you and even more. Get into the Scriptures. Listen, re- renew your mind. Remind yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is not new at all to you. Maybe you've heard all this before, but, you know, life has a way of wearing on us. Yeah. Amen? Man, I remember, <clears throat> I can't tell you how many sets of new tires I've bought through the years. Probably some of y'all have too. Man, I remember when they put them things on, you know. Man, they got, that tread is nice. And man, it, the sidewalls look good. And man, I'm t- they even smell good, you know. But, you know, after driving on those things for two, three years, man, you know, going to trips up to New York and back and down to see the grandkids and back and over here and back. And man, you know, I take it in for servicing and, Man, that guy tells me, you know what? Those treads are getting that worn down there. You need some new ones. Boy, that ain't what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but you know what? We, it's understandable, though, isn't it? You know, there's something about as we go through life and we're fighting the good fight of faith and we're standing strong and life comes at us and things happen, our tread gets worn down a little bit sometimes, doesn't it? But see, that's when we need to remind ourselves, amen, and get refitted, as it were, in the truth of God to remind ourselves that what our salvation entails, how wonderful it is, how big it is, how grand it is, how mighty it is, and how that God, through His own will and grace, has freely given it to us. And we just, man. That hope begins to rise up. Faith begins to rise up. Our vision begins to, 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 to not be so blurred anymore. And we can see clearly, man, man I've, got, man, I've got brand new tread. I'm ready to go some more miles with this thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Or maybe you're here and you've never really asked Jesus to be your Savior. To come into your heart. Change your life. Listen, I want to tell you, you, I know, man, I was there. Before I was saved, I, man, I had this thought, man, man, surely God couldn't save somebody like me. Oh, man, I was mad, I was angry. I was always fighting, drinking, drugs. I, I was no gift, <laughs> that's for sure. But, you know, one day I went into a store. See, I didn't get saved in church. I didn't go to church. I didn't know anything about going to church. I went into a store. This friend of mine, he used to be my drug dealer. I'd buy drugs from him. Tony Smitherman. He got saved, and we just knew it's all the drugs that Tony had done. He had this big grin on his face all the time. He's always talking to us about Jesus. He'd give us tracks, and we'd throw them back in his face. And, and his family, they owned a, a, an appliance store, family-owned an appliance store, and every time they'd go in there, 
because me and his brother, we was, you know, we were drug buddies and drinking buddies and carousing buddies. And so we'd go in there. And he's always telling me about Jesus. And I'd tell him something else, which I can't repeat in church. But, you know, I'm so glad that one day when he asked me that question, I decided to say, yes. And right there with an old appliance, wasn't even working just like me, in the back warehouse there, that was the altar. And I prayed. That was 43-plus years ago. And I want to tell you something. If God could save me, He can save you. You know, that song, Amazing Grace, saved a wretch like me. Boy, I'll tell you what. That's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good truth. But if you're here and you've never done that, I want to invite you today. Listen, you don't have to turn over a new leaf. All you've got to do is just with a sincere heart, turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me. I need you to help me. I need you to come into my life and be Lord. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, you're so wonderful. Lord, we, we want the world to know that you are a great and good, gracious and merciful, generous Father, a Savior, that you're no respecter of persons. Father, this morning, if there's one here that's never made Jesus Savior, I pray that today will be the day that they will just open their heart to you. You're not, go, you're not joining a passion church by doing this. You're not, no commitment to me doing this. You're committing your life into the hands of a faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will never turn them away. I'm going to tell you what, if he didn't turn me away, he surely won't turn you away. He'll receive you. He'll forgive you. He'll love you. And He'll give you a wonderful future. Not only now, but as we read, forever in eternity in heaven with Him. I'm going to pray right now. And if you need to pray, just right there where you are between you and God, you open your heart, bear, bear your heart to God. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. For any who've never made Jesus Lord. Or Father, maybe some who, who've just got away from God because life beat them down. God, there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. Lord, just as the prodigal son returned and you received him with open arms, you received them. God, today, I pray today will be the day of salvation for them. Just as I had a day of salvation, they will have their day today. Open your heart now. Open your heart to Jesus and receive Him. Ask Him to come in. Ask Him to come in. Father, we thank You that You're faithful to do it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen? If you prayed that prayer today, after the service is dismissed in just a moment, we'd love to just take a moment to, to pray with you, and, and we've just got a little booklet. It's not about us. It's, a, it's just about things that will help you to get you started on your walk.
But I do want you to know that Passion Church, that I'm here, Passion Church is here, we'd love to be able to come alongside and help you and encourage you in your walk. If you don't have a church, if you're visiting, you're looking for a church, or maybe you're just not in church, we'd love to be your family to encourage you and to help you. Okay? Can you say amen? All right. Just before we're dismissed, let me remind you of uh, Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.